This is John Mills. This is Joanne Mills. Well, how about that? This is Acquired Tastings, episode 103. We are doing spritzers, and we're glad you listeners are still out there, and we really appreciate all your good good work listening to us. And Joanne, what, are, what spritzer are you going to do? I am doing the Shandon Garden Spritz. Well, that sounds interesting. We'll get into that in a minute as to what it is. Now, what kind of snacks did you have? We got a whole board. Some of those were special to you, though. Well, I have a hot dog with French Dijon mustard, shrimp cocktail, and chocolate cake. Ooh, chocolate cake, French cocktail. It all sounds good. And with my Campari spritz, I have regular old potato chips. I have salami with two different kinds of cheeses. And then I have green olives from good old Italy. Well, I think what we'll do is we'll start with you, Joanne. So you have a special Shandon Garden spritz. Can you tell us about that? Well, yes. I recently was in Paris, France, and... uh, That's where you were and I didn't get to go. Right. With my daughter and my sister, Marie and Tina, and we uh, went to Roland Garros, also known as the French Open Tennis Competition. So that was very exciting, and uh, we had a day-long pass. So we we had the we got to see a a great match between two women, a Russian and a Romanian, in the morning, uh, sort of morning, starting at eleven, and then we decided to take a little break, and so we went down uh, into the the open area where um, that the souvenir shops and restaurants and food court type place and we were looking for a place that we could sit down uh, have something cool because it had warmed up by two o'clock in the afternoon and we saw this little sign said Shandon Garden so I just figured it was Shandon Champagne in the garden because it was outdoor seating in an outdoor bar. That makes sense. That makes sense. (laughs) So anyway as we sat saving our seats and my sister stood in line for the uh, for the drinks and uh, little breadsticks we realized that Shandon Garden was actually the name of the drink oh really okay. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now I'm seeing two things that are unusual for a drink there's something green coming out of it and then there's something orange well what we learned is that uh, Shandon now has a bottled cocktail, basically, called the Shandon Garden, which is a blend of exceptional sparkling wine, actually from Argentina, with a unique, crafted, house-crafted, local-sourced, fresh orange bitters botanical. So um, it just pours from the bottle over ice, was garnished there with an orange slice and a sprig of rosemary. You could do what you want to with it. Super simple, light alcohol, and delicious. So that green is the rosemary. Rosemary. Did I say rosemary? Yes, you yeah. did. Yeah, uh-huh. that's just that's, a, it's yeah. a garnish. It gives it a little more botanical uh, taste to it. And we got ice in it, and mm-hmm. it's in, you'll see on the, when we show our story, you'll see these beautiful glasses. Now, is that the kind of glass that it was in? 
when you were in France? Very similar, except it was a heavy plastic souvenir stem uh, with not quite as big a, a vessel. But yes, the same shape, which was very festive. Very festive. Well, there's probably not an order of the food, but tell me about why you chose these different different choices of food, the cake, the shrimp cocktail, and the hot dog. Well, you don't really think of a hot dog as a French part of French cuisine, but uh, it so happened that I got, got to frequent Harry's Bar in what? Paris. What? Harry's American Bar in Paris, which has been there for, you know, over a hundred years, and uh, they have one food item on the menu, which is a hot dog. So when um, Marie and I uh, dropped in there on our first day, we had the ho- or I had the hot dog, and I don't think she did, but anyway, it was just delicious. Because, number one, it was on a brioche bun, I'm sure freshly baked that morning, and had the best Dijon French mustard on it. It was delightful. So I decided to throw that in as one of my items. Of course, we ate a lot of delicious food um, and bread of all kinds. And the bread is always made fresh, eaten fresh, and um, just a real treat. So that's why I picked the hot dog. Uh, The shrimp uh, I chose uh, because it was listed on uh, a reading I read about this drink that it uh, shrimp, seafood, shellfish pairs very well with uh, the Shandong Garden, which I think it probably does. What do you think? Well, I hadn't I hadn't tried the shrimp, but I have tried I have tried the hot dog and that mustard. Now, you said it wasn't the exact mustard that you had in France, but the spiciness of that mustard and the little bit of bitterness of the drink go real well together. She's shaking her head Yes, over it there. does. Yes, I just <laughs> had one myself. <laughs> it's going to be a go-to whenever and, I serve uh, oh, okay. Shandong Garden. And then uh, the rosemary, if, if you uh, don't know much about rosemary, it, it's got an an oily, somewhat bitter taste itself, and just putting that in the drink probably adds to maybe the the bitterness of the drink itself in a, in a similar sort of way that uh, if you used Angostura bitters or something like that. And have you now tried the shrimp? I tried the shrimp, and it does uh, it does really go well. the uh, The bite of the cocktail sauce and the coolness. Of the shrimp is an excellent uh, go with. I see this as the perfect patio summer uh, beverage. You can sit and have cold foods, cold drink, and just have a good old time. Arkansas's got a cold front, y'all. <laughs> we're, we were less than 90 degrees when we came home from church. And what was it this morning, Joanne, when we sat oh, on the patio? It must have been it's, it's like under 80. Un, well, <laughs> yeah, definitely under 80. But uh, that's a cold front in Arkansas in, <laughs> in July. Now, so you and Tina and Marie all had this drink at the same time. Mm-hmm. We sure in, did. In the plastic cups. Right. Now, did you bring any of those plastic cups home, or did Marie, or did Tina? I did not, because I knew my suitcase was already packed 
way full. Tina, who didn't bring as many uh, clothing items, um, had space, and so I believe she took a couple of them home. They offered them to take as a souvenir or to return to the bar and that they were going to recycle them. They were lovely. But it really tastes better out of glass. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so I'm eating on the shrimp. Well, I can, I'll can. i add just a little bit more about the development of this drink. It is a cocktail in a bottle, so it is so simple. You don't have to measure anything. Just put your ice in your glass, pour it, pour it over your uh, ice, add your garnishes, and if you wanted to put a lime or some other citrus, some other herb, I might even try basil. You'd be perfectly good to do that. Uh, when they decided, when Chandon decided to do a, uh, a spritz in a bottle, apparently they um, found a, a person in Argentina uh, where, where the uh, wine comes from, and they worked on uh, coming up with just the right recipe for four years trying out various mm, okay. kinds of oranges, and they did come up with using the Valencia oranges. I don't know my oranges that much, but the reviewer said you, that the Valencia taste comes out in it. And then they used some other botanicals along with it, herbs and spices, and um, and came up with this recipe. And the cool thing about it, too, is that the oranges they use, so how they made this uh, orange liqueur was basically, or bitters, uh, macerated oranges with dry orange peels, herbs, and spices. Nothing artificial, no color added. And then they, uh, the juice that they actually didn't use, they donated to local schools for the children to drink. And then they composted um, the leftover uh, seeds and, and um, pith and all that kind of stuff. So that's really cool. I think it's going to be hugely successful. I went to my local uh, liquor store, Colonial, and asked for it. And I got the last bottle on the shelf. And uh, my uh, wine guy there, Nick, said he could uh, put my name down for some more when they came in, which he did and which I got the next week. So you can get it. It's about $25 uh, a bottle if you go on um on your wine Wednesday and get 20% off. It's a very reasonable full cocktail. It sounds it. And it tastes very good. Now the cake, that's kind of unusual, I think, to have with the spritz. Right. Because a spritzer, a spritz is basically an aperitivo, like we learned about when we were in Italy, that uh, the aperitivo time is um, like our happy hour time. They tend to eat their dinners later uh, than we do here in America. And so uh, the aperitivo is a cocktail uh, with um, a snack in Italy. It was always, almost always, potato chips, olives, cheese, little pieces of pizza, just sort of what little sandwiches. In France, we didn't notice so much food with the happy hour. You could order what from their snack menu, which was uh, sandwiches or quiche, small pieces of quiche or something like that. But uh, the chocolate cake is in, in honor of Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, John. He loves okay. he loves cake. And all and, the other fathers out there. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, chocolate and orange, well, I think it's going to be 
it's going to be okay. I think so too. And I was I was reading here about the oranges. They they peel them and then oven dry them, and then they macerate the rinds of of the grapes in grape brandy. So you get that grape brandy orange rind with all these different spices. I'm picking up on a lot of spices. I don't know that I could identify them, but it it's really a very interesting uh, and amazing drink that you just pour straight out of a bottle. I'm really surprised about that. And you know, I we don't you know, sparkling wine and champagne, you know, it's something that we do have in this house and Josh loves bubbles. You know, you give him an opportunity to pick pick between different wines and bubbles he'll almost always pick bubbles and so i don't know that he's had this drink i think he would love it you listeners out there like joanne said you know 25 dollars isn't a bad price especially if you get it on a wine wednesday or whatever your liquor store is doing so that's really a good price point and if you're looking for something light and flavorful and bubbly but you really want something not like a if you want something to go for brunch, if you want something for brunch that's not a mimosa, then this would be perfect. It's it's light and bubbly, and it has that orange flavor. It'd go good with quiche or biscuits and gravy or whatever you wanted at your, your brunch. Yeah, whatever you would normally have with your brunch for uh, uh, your mimosas, this would go very well with it. What did we decide? We looked up the um, alcohol content. It ended up only being about... 21. Uh, I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So. You know, and, and it, it's not cut, so it's, it's straight the champagne. We'll have to double check that 21, mm-hmm. but that sounds right. And then I just tried the chocolate cake, and it, you got that over at Edwards. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's really a good chocolate cake, and I'm sure it's going to go well with this orange. So, uh, you have any more information on it? I didn't realize it was Argentina and, you know, um, says the grapes that they use for the Chandon uh, is is at an altitude of 1,000 meters uh, near Mendoza, Argentina. So, that's, that's a, something, you know, it's a fun fact. She's over there eating. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, any anything else you want to add to this? Well, um, this got us into a conversation, I think, when Josh was over here about about the uh, signature uh, drinks of tennis tournaments, and we might even have an, another episode on that sometime. But for the for the French Open or Roland Garros, which is the name of the uh, park where the uh, the uh, arenas are, they don't have an exact signature cocktail. However, Chandon, Moet Chandon, is one of their primary sponsors. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can get any kind of champagne or champagne cocktail. Mm-hmm. And we weren't in the fancy restaurants or uh, the clubs, you know, the higher price ticket center court. But I'm sure there was plenty of... Uh, Champagne being being drunk, being that champagne comes from from some from France. So uh, that's sort of a fun fact. 
and my brother was there in 1995 and he says he didn't think there was that much alcohol at all and definitely not a signature drink but uh, anyway give it a try so what did you pay if you remember for the for the Don garden spritz that you had my sister paid for it so i really don't know oh that's a good thing <laughs> yeah. that's a good thing i imagine it was at least uh 12 or 15 euro most cocktails you oh, know sure. being at a special Absolutely. place like that yeah and when you look at the scheme of things that's that's really not a bad price at all. No, it was, yeah, I think. And we sipped on it and sat there for quite some time, and they sold the little breadsticks uh, with them, and so it served our lunch break. Oh, okay, yeah. Were well, we ready to move on to the Campari? Well, I think so. All right. So give me a minute here. I have a little taste of the chocolate cake while set up. I'm going to rebuild it because I didn't want the ice to melt. And while I'm doing that, uh, I'm using I'm using ice that's going in here that's uh, sort of clear, and it's the big pieces of ice. And I like doing that because it's it's slower to melt. But you know, the 20 minutes that we've been talking along, we would have melted into the drink. Now, this particular drink is a is three two one. Now you ask, well, what does that mean? That means that the Prosecco, it has Prosecco in it. So the Prosecco is three ounces. And then it has Campari, which is a two ounces. And then it has soda water, which is one ounce. And again, you garnish it with orange because it it has that orange flavor to it. So three, two, one. That's all you have to remember as long as you remember what what they are. So, I like this drink. I don't think I ever had it while we were in Italy because I was I was keying in on the Negroni. And the Negroni is a 111, which means it's one part Campari, one part gin, and one part your rosé vermouth, your red vermouth. And so it's 111. I had to teach a bartender that the other night, which... which in Little Rock. <laughs> in Little Rock. So I felt bad for him. He was slammed uh, when I went back up and, and asked him. I said, do you know how to make a Negroni? He, he was honest. He said, no. Negroni is probably not something you will find very often in the state of Arkansas and maybe in your state, wherever you are, like you, David, or even Marie. But the the spritz is a much lighter drink, but Campari has a lot of bitterness to it. And Joanne is maybe not going to like it. Campari was invented in the 1860s. So it has a very long history of a bitter mixer, if you will, compared to Aperol. A lot of people like an Aperol spritz, and Aperol was put together in 1919 and it much lighter alcohol wise and it's much lighter in that bitterness but they're up they're both of an orange taste both of them have special ingredients to give them that special taste that they have so i'm gonna get a little drink while maybe joanne tries some of the food 
The specific foods that I have, again, are potato chips, olives, and then salami with two different kinds of cheeses. The reason I chose those is because when we were in Italy, and I got that Negroni and Joanne got whatever, here comes the food truck. (laughs) I mean, we're thinking, what's going on here? We're not used to that. But like Joanne said, the, the Italians eat later than we do in the United States. And so when they go out and have that that cocktail, that spritz, that whatever, it comes with food. That's just included in the product. It's a wonderful tradition. Um, we spent almost a month in Italy, and the longer we were there, the more it made sense to we'd be tired from touring around or whatever we were doing and to sit down and, and uh, I often had just Prosecco or a glass of wine, um, occasionally a gin and tonic, and they were also very good gin and tonics. But um, it's just, it's a nice tradition and really quite a bargain to get a whole tray at, at some places. And I think in Venice, where it's more tourist uh, we get potato chips or uh, nuts or olives and not the whole tray of That's right. those sandwiches That's right. or, or whatever. It, it varied from, from area to area. But um, And you go to Harry's Bar in Venice, which supposedly is the inventor of the Negroni, you get nothing. Isn't that right? <laughs> I think we, we got a little thing of peanuts oh, I think, with the 22 euro two ounce drinks. <laughs> 32. <laughs> It was 32. Huh? I think it's 32. But. No, it's 22 each. But anyway, this is uh, an acquired taste, I do <laughs> believe. Um, you know, we, we saw all through, it was beautiful weather the whole time we were there in October, and there would be tables of people and women with these icy, orangey, pinkish, girly-looking uh, drinks in their hands and I did try one one time and I'm not sure if it was Aperol or if it was Campari and I thought nah it really it does not appeal to me uh, I think it could grow on you uh, and I do like the similar the similarity to the the uh, Shandong Garden has just a hint of that bitterness this has uh, I think I'd probably like uh, twice as much Prosecco in it uh, to give it a little less bitter and more bubbles. Okay. But okay. It's um uh, it's definitely a very popular drink, and apparently, from what I've read, it's becoming more popular in the states too. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm not familiar with how popular it is in the United States. Uh, as far as uh, looking into trying to figure out what it's what you what Campari is composed of here on the internet it says uh, herbs and fruits including Chinanto and Casario Casariola and Casariola is maybe what gives it that bitter and it says you'll find a Italian bitters called Amara A-M-A-R-I and it has this caparilla is a, is a shrub where they use the bark. And last week we did some 
uh, nightcaps in Josh's drink, drink Bonal was using a quinine bark. So I think barks are, you know, maybe used in some more than just these two. So it, it has uh, it ever had a medicinal purpose to it? The bitters uh, for th- some this reason. Bar- yes, this bark uh, is used as a tonic. Mm. And so it's used for a fever reducer. And then it's used in vermouth. And it's used in the Campari. So, you know, I think, and of course, willow bark, if you don't know, willow bark is really what is the basis of aspirin. Hmm. Now, I'm, I think aspirin today might be a bunch of chemicals. Synthetic. But, well, I think the Indians, when they had trouble, they'd go find a willow, willow tree and chew <laughs> on the bark to get, get down to their issues. I haven't tried, but the olives. Are you going to try some olives? You want some no, olives? No, I don't. I'm not an olive eater, but but I just had a little of the uh, meat and cheese, a little slice of the cheddar cheese and the uh, salami, and that uh, did make the drink to me. It made it go down easier. Less bitter. Yeah, it just sort of you know with the fat in it. I think uh, was a good. I don't know. Settled it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, Clark Trim, who is uh, one of the owners for uh, the the uh, Colonial uh, Wine and Spirits, he had a little article the other day, and he was talking about the aperitivos, aperitivos, and he mentioned this one, and he mentioned some others, and he showed how you could make a Negroni, he didn't show the spritz, if I remember right. But he also talked about Angostura bitters. And Angostura bitters is, you, you can buy it at the liquor stores. It does contain some liquor. So I think that's the only place you could buy it. But it's used to make the bittering of a particular, maybe a cocktail. The most, I guess the most famous one would be, would be your your Manhattan. Now they show a lot of different, a lot of different drinks. Pardon me, not the Manhattan, but the old fashioned, old fashioned. And the the little bottle is is probably about four inches high and maybe holds just a few ounces. But there's an interesting story about the the wrapper. They decided they were going to redo the bottle and redo the the label wrapper. And uh, apparently those two didn't talk to each other. And if you look, if you look when you buy it, the wrapper is bigger than the bottle. So <laughs> it's quite interesting. Do you, what do you think about this Campari drink? Well, like I said, I think it's, it's an acquired taste. And uh, one really good thing about it is that it is not a drink that you drink fast. So I can see that, uh, I can sort of see why people sitting out in the open air cafes in Italy, mm-hmm. sipping on it and having snacks uh, is, a, is a good way to enjoy your alcohol without overdoing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I guess it's, it's a, it looks like a sweet drink and it's not. Right. Um, and so it's, um, 
I can I can see why it's gaining uh, gaining in popularity, especially for you know people who who don't want a sweet drink. They want something refreshing, uh, and they don't want a whole lot of alcohol. Uh, and and I don't think I don't know what the Campari having two two ounces of Campari with the three of Prosecco. Yeah. And one of soda. Yeah. And. And I have become a big fan of various champagne cocktails. I like the, the French 75, I enjoy. And then we had an Italian champagne cocktail. Of course, in Italy, it's always Prosecco. Um, and it was absolutely wonderful. And I finally found a recipe that uh, imitated it. And that was um, a sugar cube soaked in Angosta bitters with the uh, Prosecco poured over it, and it makes a lovely, refreshing. Uh, and that's what you can do with Angostura bitters. You right. can take take that sugar, sugar. cube you're talking about and put a few drops of right. the Angostura bitters, and then build your drink up from that. And the, and the, the sugar and, cube, if you use sugar cube, it increases the bubbles, so it's just very festive and mm-hmm. uh, a pretty, a really pretty, delicious drink. So I think again that uh, more prosecco in this one would make make it more like what a drink I would ask for. Okay, nothing wrong with that. Do we get to try the potato chips with it? Because we ate potato yes, chips absolutely. in Italy, it's like part of, it's we part couldn't of my, believe <laughs> my food. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now the olives. Okay, I like olives, but the olives, that sourness that's in the olives. And the bitterness that's in the drink, they seem to counteract each other. So it's um, someone's over there crunching on those potato chips. I don't know if you can hear it, <laughs> but it does um, bring back such fond memories of of our time in Italy. It got to be a point where we'd. We'd get lost somewhere, and we were walking home, and we'd stop somewhere for the happy hour before we went on to trying to find our our hotel apartment, whatever it was. And we'd order our drink, and we'd we'd sit there for five ten minutes here, you know, the old the old nasty American waiting five or ten minutes, going, "Well, I guess they're not going to give us any chips or anything." <laughs> And then five more minutes later, here it is. A whole tray. A whole nice tray. Things. About as big as the one that uh, you'll see on on Facebook and Instagram. So that was the perfect excuse to have the second glass of wine. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that might be part of the trick. <laughs> if, you're, if you're drinking it fast, uh, you, they give you the they give you the snacks and then you're you're kind of looking around. Where is it? Where is it? And then you're you're going well, okay. And then when they come and bring it, it's like, would you bring me another <laughs> a rose, please? So I have to agree with you that that salami, that fattiness of the salami, kind of does this mm-hmm. does the same thing that I was saying about the olives. It kind of makes that bitterness go away. Well, not it tempers go, it a little bit. It doesn't go mm-hmm. away. Makes it less. It tempers mm-hmm. it. That's a good way to say it. And actually, as the ice melts too, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it makes it a little um, less bitter, strong, whatever. 
So if you don't want a drink that's quite as strong, you would want to use, instead of Campari, you'd want to use the Aperol if you wanted bitter. And if you wanted just a little bit of the bitterness, uh, you could create a drink or go on this website like I have and go to the Angoster Bitters and create a drink with just a few dashes of the bitters from Angoster. Now, in fact, I look at the Negroni, and they did a 1-1-1 Negroni with two or three dashes of Angoster, which would make it more bitter because of the Angoster bitters. So you can, you can create whatever drink you want that way using the different ingredients. You know, either using Aperol to make it less or putting Angoster bitters on top of the Campari to make it more. Joanne said you could add more of the Prosecco. Or maybe make... some Shandong Garden. Well, that would, <laughs> we may have to try that off air. But yeah, that would be quite interesting. Quite interesting. I don't know, you know, both drinks are, you know, to die for almost. They're, very, they're similar. Um, you know, the you just can't beat a cocktail in a bottle, especially if you're doing an event, you have a lot of people, and you don't want to be, you know, measuring out this, that, and the other. You could put your glasses out for your party with ice and your garnishes, and then just go around and pour your, your Shandong Garden, and you have a very impressive party drink. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially summer party. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you wanted to have an Italian-themed uh, dinner, uh, starting with a, an aperitivo, and you didn't you didn't want to go, Negroni is an acquired taste, too. I think Josh's friend, David, hates them. Isn't that the right? He's the rum guy. Yeah, he doesn't like Negroni. No, he's the rum guy, but he likes Negroni. I don't know. We ought to call, call him up. He's listening, I'm sure, but so that... So the Negroni isn't something that I would necessarily have at a party. Uh, I'd have could offer it if it was a small party and you were real willing to do all the measuring mm-hmm. and all. But when I'm having a, a party and a hosting and fixing food or whatever, I think you just can't beat a cocktail in a bottle. You're right, or just straight prosecco, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Champagne of some type of. Prosecco. Yeah, yeah, but the, yeah, I like the the variation on that with the the Chandon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A little more sophisticated, or anyway. I didn't dig into the fact that this drink is actually made in Argentina, and you know, champagne has to be in that champagne region of France. Well, I think Chandon, Moet Chandon has, you know, they have uh, expanded all over the world and have various, uh, of course, brands. And because uh, champagne is restricted, it has to come from the Champagne region. Mm -hmm. And and for a price point, most of us are very happy with a sparkling wine. Mm Mm-hmm. Just because it doesn't come from a champagne doesn't mean it's not delicious, tasty, and refreshing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just part of their expansion into uh, 
selling more, selling more and making more. Now I tried that hot dog with that that spicy mustard uh-huh. with the Campari. Oh, did you? Uh-huh. I've already oh, finished that's mine. Oh, that's that's a good bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sort of surprised, but I'm working uh, working on mine. I did not stop drinking it, so I may be acquiring a taste. Uh, it's you know, like you said, we could. If I go back next time, if I go back, when I go back to Italy, I may be more uh, adventurous and and try the uh, spritzes over there. Mm-hmm. Well, you could ask for more prosecco, in it, right? Like you just stated, right? And or Aperol instead of Campari. That might have been what you tried. Well, whatever it was, I tried. Becky, I think, said, "Oh no, that's too bitter." So I may have ordered a Campari. Oh, okay. And should have gone for Aperol. But anyway, we'll try that sometime. All right. Well, it's going to be a good little episode. Have you thought about Best on Plate? Well, um, don't we do that for each drink? Yes. Best with each drink? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I would definitely. But I might cross. You could cross over. So just because you picked yeah, I know. certain ones, you could. You could say something I picked. I, I don't think there's any rules. We don't have any rules. Right. You know, the hot dog was just because of my memory of, of Harry's bar. So that was not near as good a bread or and as good as mustard. So definitely not that. Uh, I think the shrimp with the, with the Shandong Garden really was probably the best. And definitely the cheese and salami with the the spritz, with your Campari spritz. So say that again. The, so, the so the cheese, cheese and, and bre- cheese, cheese and, and salami and, with mm-hmm. the with your Campari. Campari, and then the shrimp with the uh, garden. So I'm going to say the hot dog. Oh, good. Even mm-hmm. even though it, see, I don't it's have the, the base. I don't have the basis that you do. Mm-hmm. I don't have the basis of. This doesn't taste as good as France. But I don't have that base. <laughs> right. Well, and also, I, I had, with the drink that I had in at Harry's Bar in Paris, uh, was a sidecar, and it was excellent. Now, funny story. Okay. So, I went to uh, Harry's Bar with Marie. It happened to be in the area where uh, we had to change from um, the... Uh, that in the in the area of the opera in Paris, which is where the bus from the airport drops off, so we had some time before we got went to our apartment. So, and we were ready for lunch, so we went to Harry's Bar that day. Well, my sister wanted to go there, and we were on uh, the bus, the sightseeing hop on hop off bus, right? And so right. We, we hopped off. Because right. at lunchtime, it went to Harry's Bar. Well, it was closed. It was like 2.15, and the sign said it's only open from 12 to 2. But then somebody came to the door and said it was a holiday, Ascension Day. So it was like, oh, we're not going to get to go. Well, as it happened, at the end of our trip, we had taken the train from Giverny back to Paris and the train station. And then we were going from the train station to the bus, back to the airport, because we were leaving the next day. 
And lo and behold, we when we came off the out of the train station, we were in the opera area, and it was between twelve and two. So we decided we'd go to Harry's bar, mm-hmm. and then we so we went in Harry's bar, and we were ready for lunch, and said, "Oh, I said I want a hot dog with my uh, sidecar." Oh, the baker didn't come today with uh, buns, so we have no hot dogs. And that is the only food item on their menu. And we were going, oh, darn, we're having these cocktails. I think Tina was drinking a Negroni. And um, and so we thought, oh, well, we sort of thought about running down the street to get something. And, and then another couple, it was all Americans. Both times I was in there, it was all Americans. So a group of four came in and sat down at the tables next to us. And they ordered a drink, and they ordered hot dogs. Oh, we don't have any hot dogs. Didn't get no. the- the baker didn't come, but we have club sandwiches and Caesar salads, and he never offered those to us. And so no. we're going, we'll take a club sandwich too, because we. And then we, so by the time we got the club sandwich, it was time for another cocktail, and actually had a very good gin and tonic there. So, so anyway, the hot dog, uh, he, he, the waiter was, he said, sometimes I have a day and nobody asks for a hot dog, and then today I have six people asking for. <laughs> and no bonds. And no bonds. So anyway, it was it was a good and experience. If you remember, that's one of the things we noticed in in St. Martin. It, it doesn't happen now because you know, I don't think there's a French pastry that comes to our side of the island, at least close to us. But you know, we go up to the Pelly Deli, and we'd be baiting on waiting on the French pastry, and it's not even there at eight o'clock in the morning, and it's like. Wait a minute, where's my croissant? <laughs> right. <laughs> so my my best on plate, I'm struggling on mine because the olives had that sourness and it went good with the granarni. The cake, that goes good with air and anything <laughs> else. And then, like you said, the salami and the cheese went very well. And, of course, the chips. I mean... You can't go wrong with chips. Salt, saltiness of chips with a Negroni that's sour and bitter. And these are kettle cooked chips. They're not. Oh, they're really good. <laughs> really good chips. So I'm, I'm struggling, and Josh will be over there okay. laughing, and you should too. It's going to be weird, but I'm going to say the olives. That doesn't mean that any of these other choices are not good. It just means I picked the olives because it did more with the drink. Right. As opposed to being like the drink. Right. Sounds good. Well, it was fun. Well, it was fun. Now, next week, we're going to do rosés. And I don't know that that we have picked our rosé. And we're going to have a guest, uh, we think. (laughs) Our rosé will be Provence, France. And then we told our guest that she could pick any any rosé she wanted. And then we're going to make food to go with it. So stay tuned for next week. We appreciate what, all of you. Are you going to do a blind? No, we're not going to do a okay. blind. Okay. And Josh and I did a blind last week, and we're not going to reveal it until next week. We're pretty much done. Yeah. Except for, you know, thanking our listeners. Stay tuned with us. Wine will be next week. 
we're going to do Provence, France. That'll be a fantastic rosé. Our, our, our guest will do a rosé from wherever she wants to. And we really appreciate all of you listeners. Stay tuned with us. You know, go to, go to your podcast platform. Do all those things they want you to do. Help us out because, you know, if you like us and do all those things, uh, like and, you know, maybe Uh-oh. even write, mm-hmm. write an article or not an article, but Review. a message to us and follow us and do all that stuff. That gets us recognized. And, you know, if you want to do, Josh calls it old school. If you want to do old school, do, do acquired tastings at gmail.com. Send us a letter. Send us an, a letter. <laughs> Send it. That's, that's old school. Send us an email and, uh, you know, just, just stay tuned with us. And we're at 103, like I said. Josh is on assignment for about three to four weeks. So we've been talking about doing a real special episode for two years. So technically, Josh may be gone when it's officially two years, but I want him to be back when we do whatever special episode we're going to do. So you guys hang in there and be with us, and you'll enjoy it just the same we would. So again, I'm John Mills. I'm Joanne Mills. And we appreciate you being here. So see you next time. And thank you. And goodbye. Goodbye.